I don't make games or do any programming, and I have no intention to try it. Nice. There's That's more. Spirit. There's more. There's more. Uh, is uh, that wasn't just like a was, was just telling us? <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> I love the idea of someone did that and everybody. Although I do kind of want, you know? yeah, I do kind of want one like that. Just letting you guys know, I hate. All, I don't want this. Nope. Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 332 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I don't like other people's APIs. I'm Sam and I'm the RT. Uh, what? Seth, you still trying to go? (laughs) You got something to say? No, I got got too too fired up. I'm really fired up this morning. I I know you were like, this is this kind of podcast. This is, is, here's what kind of podcast is. This is about me now. We're not even, Adam and Sam, I'm not even going to get intros today. I don't even exist. Uh, This is a mutiny. All right. Wait, who's the captain? I was going to say, I, I thought you were already the captain yeah, of the I'm, podcast. I'm the captain. <laughs> but Seth is the captain of the podcast, so, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like, I assume, when the president gets on a boat, right? Uh-huh. Air they're, Force. They're not uh, the- Sea Force One? No, just a regular that- boat. Regular-ass boat, right? Oh. And the person who's like, who's in charge of that boat is still the captain of that boat. You know, the president doesn't just become the captain. Because That's true. It's very context-dependent. You got to use boat of- law, right? And so here we're using boat podcast law. law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, now this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry uh, and mutinies. Okay. And today is Ghost Ghostober Skeleton Twenty Bloody One. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Twenty. Uh, this one. is our first episode of October, I think. Right. Sounds right. I yep. think. I think so. Uh, and just as a warning, there's going to be profanity in this show, but also it's October and. A lot of things happen in October, always. October is the worst month. Everything happens in October. Mm-hmm. And the only redeeming quality of October is Halloween, which happens at the very, very end. So you got to yeah. put up with a lot of bullshit all through October to get to Halloween. So just be ready for it, okay? Because it's coming. Uh, and also, we'd like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Now, first big old big weird Bullshit thing that happened this October is the internet exploded. Yep. <laughs> okay. As far as you know, as far as spooky invisible things to happen, that's I gotta say, October's really serving it up this year. That's a good one. That's a good one to kick it off with. That was serving not on up. my October bingo card. Yeah, you know, I just thought maybe some like, skeleton hands, maybe uh, you know, maybe just too many life events kind of co-occurring, but I did not foresee the internet breaking. To yeah. The Cause I, mean, I think we've, we've talked about how like October is, is like the black hole of the, of the calendar. It's a gravity. Well, that sits toward the end of the year, you know? Yeah. Cause like Thanksgiving is not in October. Christmas is not in October. And also like it's during the fall, but it's like not quite winter. And it just seems like the safe place to just dump all of your events and major mm-hmm. things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you try to get it all out of the way before the before the holidays. holidays. Yep. But it's not when it's not too hot, you know. You don't want to have a big event in August. That's hot. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't want to do it in September because like nothing happens in September. You're not supposed to do anything in September. Yep. Right. So it just everything goes into October and then we get stuff like the whole internet exploding. Yeah, so the problem is uh, I don't understand how this happened nor what even happened to cause it to happen. But I believe Adam mm -hmm. does. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I know. I'll keep it. How the I'll internet keep it, works. I'll keep it high level, and I'll try to convey the ideas that I think are just like worth knowing about because you also will see them elsewhere, and now you'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, I've I know I've heard of that, right? And can you yeah. explain on just like a, a high level, like what what exactly was the extent of what happened? Because I also all I know yeah, is that like so, people were talking about it, but I don't. Well, kind of. I'll kind of start with a high level, like what what happened in a big picture, and then talk about how, and then now we'll go back in a little more detail about like sounds good. What does that mean, right? So yeah, take me on a journey. Around. So what everybody experienced was that this was on wasn't when was this like, like I don't know, it was a few days Tuesday? ago. Tuesday. Thursday, 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 yeah, whatever. So anyway, this week is just te- it's just teleporting it's right I past. I can't keep track. Um, <laughs> but we're you know we're all just minding our own business, doing things, and uh, and then I learned like an hour after it happened that Facebook was down because I just saw it posted somewhere Which else. Is like yeah. that's not a thing that happens. It's not a thing that I think really has happened, except maybe in the early early days. Um, and uh, but it was it was down and out. Big things go down sometimes. That happens, right? Like like. Like there was a while, I mean, it was like maybe last summer or something, like a huge fracture of the internet went down for like an hour because of uh, Amazon Web Services, who like hosts like everybody's shit, like everybody's, mm-hmm. uh, had some trouble, right? And like just knocked down like all of the internet. But this one's more specific. It was just Facebook. But of course, Facebook owns a lot of stuff, right? So it's like WhatsApp and Instagram and all this stuff. So just all the Facebook things became unavailable. Couldn't go to Facebook.com, couldn't use Instagram, just couldn't do anything. It was for like four hours. Yeah, it was like four or six or hours. Or something. Yeah. Which is that's notable. WhatsApp right? is like the messaging tool that actually, like, like instead of texting, that actually a lot, like literally a huge portion of the world yeah. uses. When I was in texting. India, that was just how literally everybody yes. communicated yeah. with everybody yeah. about everything. Which is why I think this is a, it's a yeah. slightly bigger deal than being like Facebook is down because it's like, okay, yeah. you can't look it's at Facebook. It's all like, the services that Facebook yeah. You know, yeah. owns. It right? would be like saying texting is de- just just the concept yeah. of texting is yeah. gone yeah. for the next four it, <laughs> it is true that like the absence of Facebook itself, Facebook.com, is obviously a net win on the impacts on society, I mean, right? Because because like if that could have just stayed down forever, that would have been ideal. But it is true though that other Facebook services are just required for people to be able to communicate, mm-hmm. handle emergencies, you know that kind of stuff. So, so this was notable for a bunch of reasons. I mean, the first one is that it was only Facebook, but then also impacted things that like people really need. Um, but also how long it lasted, because that's pretty fucking rare these days for a company at the scale and level of like engineering, you know, prowess and and all that kind of stuff. To have an outage really at all, but to have one that they don't fix in like literal, like so fast, most people didn't even know it happened, right? Um, so, so this is pretty dramatic. And so, like, so probably you noticed it or at least heard people talking about it. Uh, so it turned out that what happened has to do with this thing called DNS, domain name service. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into the weeds, just get the idea of it. Cause there's a joke that you'll see uh, if you ever like fall into nerdy uh, tech. People, domains, the people who care about things that have to talk to the internet. The joke is, it's always DNS, as in if there's a problem and it's confusing and weird and you can't figure out what it is, it's DNS. So DNS is actually a simple idea, which is if you're in your browser and you put some URL in your address bar, like Facebook.com, right? What the hell is that, right? What is mm-hmm. Facebook.com? What is your, what is that? How does your browser know how to you know get that? What is it doing, right? Yeah, I just put some words in and then suddenly yeah, you put some words in there, right? So, I'm on a website. Yeah. So that's the idea is that things on things that live on the internet um, are like networks of networks of networks of networks, just all these computers talking to each other, right? And the one thing they all have, all these networks that are talking to the internet, is a unique address, which is what we call the IP address. It's just some just some numbers, right? 
It's just a number. So it's not actually the name of it. It's not actually the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not what that is. So DNS is basically the sort of process by which a thing takes something like facebook.com and then finds the corresponding IP address so it can now like talk to that machine. Right. So it converts the human name into the computer name basically. Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of like if I had like, like my hope, my house address, but then converted it into like global coordinates. So you could, so you could easily see where my house is, even if you didn't know how to navigate the streets of my town or something like that. Yeah. And you you can see this kind of in their context too. Like, you know, if you've got like a username on a, on a service, right behind the scenes, there's a, there's an uh, ID that doesn't look like a person's supposed to read it. Right. And, uh, but that one's like, that's there too. And actually what the, what the things are doing is using that to identify you and to send information around. Right. So same idea, uh, Human friendly into machine friendly, and you know back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. So now the trick is that the internet is basically a whole bunch of uh, interconnected, unstable parts using the same like mechanisms to talk to each other with some level of like loose governance, right? But like anything can go down at any time. There's no one like if you if your browser trying to talk to Facebook.com, how does it know? Like sure, it can find the IP address. Once it does that, how does it actually get? data from it, right? How does it send data to that IP address? The answer is it just fires it off into the into the wild, into your into your home network, and then which goes into your internet service provider, and then and so on and so forth. And basically what all these things do is it's just all these networks that all like keep on asking all the other networks, like, who are you? <laughs> right? What do you know who, about? Who are you? And give me, I guess, whatever. Yeah, tell me what IP have. addresses <laughs> you know about, right? Tell me, like, tell, like, just tell me all the stuff that you know about everything else, right? And so then you can sling some data out into the into the internet, and then it just like finds its way because all these all these devices are just automatically talking to each other constantly, trying to figure out what's going on, right? And they're doing this through this kind of like mapping system, and the, yeah, and the, the mapping system is a piece of it. And so that DNS part is basically there are all these servers all over the place that are just just cache. They're just storing it. So like anytime they find out about one of these linkages between an IP address and that nice human friendly name, they just store it for a while. So then then when somebody asks, Hey, do you know where the hell Facebook.com is? It's like, Mm. yeah, buddy, I got you. And it sends that to you. Right. That's right there over there. So It's over there. So now just use that. And then we'll, then we'll, now you can just tell us what IP address you want to go to. And again, the internet will figure it out from there. Right. So the joke about always being always being DNS is because a lot of things can go wrong in this process. The one like easy to understand one is that those things aren't permanently linked, right? Like the name and the IP address, because you might need to have more servers than just one. So you might mm. actually need to be able to map onto multiple. You might right. not have your data center go down. You have to have another one, right? And so, so those are actually dynamic and they change over time. So you can imagine like if some server in between you and Facebook says, oh, here's where Facebook is. And then it's just wrong right now because Facebook, Facebook updated, moved. Facebook moved. And that that DNS, that domain name server, doesn't know about that yet, but it tells you, right? Because it doesn't check first. It just tells you what it thinks it knows. So it's like, okay, here's where it is. Now you send something to that IP address uh, that doesn't go anywhere, or it goes to something that isn't Facebook, because mm-hmm. IP addresses all recycled, right? So now yeah. you're just sending some shit to somebody else's server. Who knows what you're actually doing? So that's the general kind of thing that can go wrong. And the, in, the, in this Facebook case, it's a little it's a little more like deep than that in terms of what like the specifics of how it happened but it doesn't really matter because what the end result of all of this was that in effect 
somebody at Facebook, so there was something that went down in one of their data, their, one of their data centers. And so they had pushed out some sort of a configuration change into their network to say, oh, we need to like update all of our IP addresses and do something, right? It's so like a bunch of stuff had to happen. Mm-hmm. And there was a combination of failures where they were able to execute a piece of code incorrectly. And there was a thing that was supposed to check like what it was that they had tried to execute to make sure it was not something that wasn't supposed to happen, right? And that failed. With the end result being that basically Facebook, like its servers, the network that governs all of Facebook, right? In particular, their DNS, as in where are all of the computers that are Facebook, right? That system broadcast out and said, hey, we don't exist anymore, right? It's literally, <laughs> like, it literally just said like, because there's a message you can do that with, right? And like that happens if like you're a network, and you know that one of your computers doesn't exist anymore, right? But that IP address is gone. So then you tell, well, this is, this you is tell something the thing goes right. It's like, oh, hey, I don't is, exist. Stop sending stuff to that IP address, right? But it did it for like, the entire everything. But right. just, just to clarify, like this, this is a concept that I think for whatever reason, a lot of people haven't quite like wrapped their head around is that when people talk about the cloud, or when we talk about the internet, it's just other computers. Yeah, it's just computers. Right? Like the internet isn't a thing. No. It's a thing between things, Right. So if you go to Facebook.com and you're looking at a website, uh, you really have just downloaded some information from a computer over at a Facebook office that has code that your computer runs to render their website, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so – so that, that's when Adam, when you said that like, oh, well, like when one of your computers stops existing, right? Right. Uh, what that means is like if you've changed your uh, setup so that like you've got, you've like decommissioned some old servers, which again, servers are just computers, just right? Computer. Yep. You, you've decommissioned some some servers and like you're setting up some new stuff in a new data center or whatever, then that's when you would need to do some work to remap you know, where things are pointing at because, mm-hmm. because some, some stuff, some of your computers are gone. you got some new computers. You got to tell people that these ones aren't there anymore. You know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And so a data center well, is just a fuckload of computers in one big building. Right. But That's one of the things you yeah. can do through this DNS, you can, cause I didn't know you could just say like, I don't exist anymore. That's yeah, that's like, technically sort of like, like a, send that's a, a slightly different system. But it's sure. the same kind of it's 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 all part of the same kind of overall idea. But, but yeah. yeah, but it's a thing where you can basically because there, there's this other core component of the mixed internet network about how things know where things are, right? Um, and uh, so so like you as a person who's like doing normal like small network small business things whatever, uh, like you would never even even know about the system because they don't have to touch it, right? But if you're at the scale of Facebook where you're like managing, they they literally have like a million computers in one place in one yeah. building, right? Right. That they have to manage, and so. So everything is extremely automated, but also people upstream from them as part of like the whole internet pipeline, right? Have to also be like, they have to have a much more raw kind of like behavior connection to something that large, right? Mm -hmm. That's controlling that huge of a fraction of the internet. And so, yeah, so they they have this process by which like if stuff goes down that they basically can tell that that sort of upstream entity like, oh yeah, just like don't talk to this stuff anymore. Got it. Right. Right. And, uh, and but because of this configuration problem that went all the way through, they they said none, nothing, nothing exists here, right? Just literally it's nothing. Facebook. It, is, took, it has excised its to whole be. self. Yeah, it excised <laughs> its whole self off of the discoverable internet because right. now every domain name server, right, was basically told not just that Facebook.com is at this IP address that's incorrect, but that Facebook.com doesn't exist. 
It's just mm-hmm. not anywhere. It's not a thing. So now all of a sudden everybody's device because now because now how do your devices work? Right? Your devices, like like I said, are they're talking to Facebook.com. So they don't just talk to the IP address. Like you don't hard code that in like into your Facebook app because the IP address can change. Mm-hmm. So the computer can change, right? So you just hard, that's so Facebook.com is what stuff is talk, trying to talk to you. And then your phone or your computer or whatever behind the scenes is constantly being like, okay, I'm sending something to facebook.com, right? And then every once in a while, it just checks to see, like, is that still the same place? It goes back yeah. to that DNS process. Where even is that actually? Yep. Yeah. And then in this case, things, because of just how fully they had excised themselves off the internet, that even things that had IP addresses that were valid couldn't actually get out because the mm. system basically said, like, literally, like, the, these IP addresses don't exist anymore either. Like, all of this is gone now. Right? It's a smoldering crater. Right. So so now even the stuff that was cached, like, that was, like, stored somewhere, stored in your machine or whatever, all of that stuff also was just at some point when it sent a, a, you know, a request out, it came back and basically was like, I don't know. I, I don't – that doesn't exist. Mm. I don't know what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. So what was the consequence of this? Though? So, yeah, now this brings us like, to the full consequence. So like, so like I said earlier, like, Facebook went down, right? But – the, the sort of like the impressiveness of the full scope of what that means. Cause like, you're like, okay, well that's kind of interesting. Like Facebook excised itself from the internet. That's cool. That's weird. Right. Oops. But then it came back on. <laughs> so, so the consequences <laughs> were a whole bunch of interesting things. So the first one to Facebook, which is why it also took so long to come back online was that all of their security processes and the way that they access their machines remotely and all that kind of stuff requires DNS. <laughs> it requires being able to resolve an address to get into that network. Right. But Facebook didn't exist on the network anymore, right? So nobody could remote in it to do anything. Because usually the way you, that you handle a server that misbehaves is you is you talk to it with another computer by attaching to its network, right? Yeah. But they couldn't do that. You so they, they needed it. physical access. And so they also Facebook went totally remote, didn't they? Aren't they fully remote? They're so? either fully or mostly remote. So basically there's nobody on site who could do anything. But then also there's their physical security is was entirely uh, electronic. Based, right, so they didn't. They, they literally don't have keyholes and things. There aren't key. There aren't. <laughs> there aren't physical keys, right? There's it's just, all it's all swipe uh, badges, scanning and badges, yeah. yeah. And mm. but all of those also to authenticate the person who's trying to come in, they have to go talk to a database somewhere to ask, like, oh, does this person real? Whatever, right? But it can't talk to the <laughs> network because the network doesn't. Shit. So you're, so, so you're so up against the walls of this building, perfectly yeah. sealed with a reader, and you're like, beep. Yep. And it's like, nope. It's hermetically sealed. You can't get in. So this is this <laughs> is why it took so long to resolve it was they actually just couldn't even get into the so break into their own building basically yeah. or buildings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then that so then that took forever then to come down. But then now Facebook is a huge, huge, huge entity that handles an enormous fraction of mm-hmm. overall web traffic, right? Because like we said, these these things upstream that are all kind of like loosely coupled, managing the internet, trying to like send things to the right place, tell things where things are, et cetera, right? These are all like these are all doing things automatically, trying to make all this stuff work. So now suddenly, all of these all of these Facebook apps, right, can't successfully get any data, right? Mm-hmm. So then the question is, when you design an app and it tries to talk to you know Facebook and it gets an error back, what do you then have that app do as a consequence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, retry a few things. One is you can say like, oh, things are fucked, and you just tell the user things are fucked. Sorry, right? The other one is you just retry, right? This is what we might, all do, right? If you hit like a slow web page, you just hit hit R, you know, yeah. do the refresh. Right, yeah. So now there's the human refresh. So like, yeah, the person and what and what does a person do in this case? They retry, they spam retry, yep. right? What does an app usually do? They also spam retry, mm-hmm. right? Just automatically, so you don't see it happening, just happening behind the scenes. So, so the so just like like every few seconds, they have to be like, oh, that's weird. This there's. Mm-hmm. 
Facebook isn't a thing that goes down. Exist, right? So, mm-hmm. so if I got a response from Facebook saying this weird error, then that's just a fluke or something. Exactly. So I should that's just the try it again. Exactly. Because, yeah. because their mm. things have historically been so stable that you can count on Facebook being there. Then nobody adds the extra layers of logic to deal with like, okay, well, it hasn't responded for literally a minute. Like maybe we should just stop yeah, if, if I've hit it a while, dozen gonna, times and not gotten any response, yeah. maybe just because typically have yeah. A, yeah, you'll usually have a back off process where it's like you just exponentially increase how much time you wait. So it's like first time you just wait a second, then two seconds, then four, then whatever, right? Um, but if you just assume Facebook's always there, then you just are like, oh, something wonky's on the network. I'll just try again. Yeah, I'll just hit it every few seconds and just whatever, do that, right. you know, forever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, as a consequence of nobody being able to talk to Facebook, their attempts to try to talk to Facebook. When like, you, well, we say nobody, you mean like the billions of smartphones and devices yeah. and things yes. that have Facebook authentication. Installed by default and also like, because Facebook yeah. is on your phone, like for a default setup on a phone, Facebook is talking to Facebook constantly. Like Facebook, the app is talking to the thing constantly. It's mm-hmm. like, it's spying on you, like collecting data and just like sending data all the time, right? So yeah. it's just always doing this. So now all of a sudden, like everybody's devices, right, became part of an enormous botnet that was <laughs> hosing. Just blasting, just hosing the whole, service. hosing the internet, because like you can't get to Facebook without going through like the web first, right? Like going through everybody else's servers that direct traffic there. So then all of a sudden, all these like huge gatekeepers of the internet, like the internet service providers, like Cloudflare, like Google, right? T-Mobile, they, even, T-Mobile, like, like all like of your ISPs, yeah, any of your ISPs, right? They all of a sudden see this huge increase in traffic because mm, all these devices are just like spamming stuff, right? And so this causes this, and, and fortunately, most of those things are able to handle the kind of increase in scale that happened there, but not everything. So, some, so a lot of services had a lot of trouble and had like minor outages or, or like some requests just wouldn't work, you know, that kind of and stuff. And these are services completely unrelated to Facebook. They have nothing to do with yeah. Facebook. They're just, it's just how the, your web traffic gets from where you are into Facebook servers, right? Yeah. It's just that suddenly all of the internet tubes are clogged, all clogged. With, all of, with all these you know, carrier yeah. pigeons right. carrying messages. Yep. Yep. So yeah, so now you take a huge <laughs> fraction of traffic that already was there, and now you multiply. And it was like it was so cloud for a flare. Wrote up this nice blog post about like what they saw on their end. You know, which is really interesting. But they saw a thirty-fold increase in requests to Facebook, right? Yep. Which are Jesus. a huge fraction of overall requests, right? So this huge like traffic spike goes up. Uh, so now they're like every, now now literally every engineering department and every part of the backbones of the internet, right? That do that have good practices have are now in an emergency response because they've mm-hmm. seen something really bad is happening because Facebook is a, such a source of traffic. They don't know if it's their fault, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or if it's Facebook's fault. It's never been Facebook's fault before, right? So now yeah. you can like, <laughs> like imagine this. Like it's like literally every little part, every like every engineering team on the whole fucking internet uh, freaking that out is part of the process by which data moves through the internet is like in an emergency response right now, trying to understand what's happening. So so that's like. So this, this is like how these things unfold, right? And uh, and then there are yeah. What's the other aspects of this thing? Well, the, the other part too was that that you got to see how we've talked in the past oh, about, yeah. about like attention competition and how yeah. like if you're a video game company, you think well, our biggest competition is like another vi- similar video game, right? But really, we're in the uh, the attention industry, mm-hmm. and and our Competition is just any other thing that people can put their time into. Yeah, because we have machines where a person can play games, watch TV, listen to music, read things, listen to podcasts. Yeah, whatever, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what you saw then is when Facebook went down, just every other thing went up. Yeah, like mm-hmm. every other thing 
like even like not just Twitter, just all other just websites all of, of every kind suddenly had a huge influx. It's like that, yeah, the, the, the need to spend that attention, right? Because you're like, oh yeah, I was going to go on Facebook. Like, yeah, I'm just hanging I'm, out. I'm, I'm just here to like out. hang out or entertain myself or I don't know, look at news, whatever you do. But now you're like, you can't do it through the thing you usually do it from. It's so now you have this sort of explosion across the whole rest of the Well, network. and people are trying to figure out what's happening, right? So they're going to the other places mm-hmm. where it's not happening and then like trying to ask, right? So, yeah, so you now have this huge, so now you just have this like not then those effect. services go down, right? Because uh, because for starters, there's way more web traffic in general because of this like internet-wide DDoS attack that Facebook is doing on itself, mm-hmm. yep. right? Uh, <laughs> clogging up on all the, all the ISPs. Yeah, yeah. So the, all the ISPs are struggling, but then also all these other websites that normally don't have this kind of a sudden traffic surge have are more. having huge mm-hmm. traffic surges that they may not have been equipped to handle. So then those sites go down. So if if you looked at yeah. like the the down detector uh, website, you just see like every website just like is suddenly just reporting <laughs> huge increases in, in people errors. reporting that the website is unresponsive or down mm, because yeah. like it, just everything, everything got overwhelmed. Yep. It's wild. So it's pretty <laughs> oh, and, and like and that's for that's you know that's for like just Facebook. It's for like one proprietary clo- you know closed entity yeah. in its little corner of the internet. And it's one of the things that people talk about the risks of like centralization and all of this when it comes to the web, right? And this is actually the kind of stuff they're mostly talking about. Like but people like the stuff you hear about is mostly about like privacy and about the impacts on democracy that like Facebook is destroying, right? And all this stuff. And that's all true also, right? But the stuff that like the, the tech people are talking about is mostly like, because if you took like, like if you took like a Google or a Cloudflare, because um, Facebook, like it's deploying services on the internet, right? But it's not deploying, it's not deploying the, internet, the internet. yeah. Right, yeah. But like Google and Cloudflare and some of these other big companies that part of, part of what they do is actually the, the literal internet, like deploying services that manage it, right? They own such a huge fraction of that or early or control it anyway. Right. And like, this is the thing we saw, like I mentioned with Amazon web services, mm-hmm. uh, and this happened a few times where there was an outage at their main data center, which is where like, that's like the default. Like if you set up a service on Amazon, it just defaults to something. Right. So that's kind of like by just where everybody is, because why would you choose something else? You know, it's just the default. Right. So like everything is hosted there. It's us East one. So if you ever see that reference, that's what that is. Like, mm-hmm. So if anybody says, oh, US East 1 must be down, right? That's It's a, literally a server farm that's in like West Virginia or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it was like, it was, I think it was last summer, but it was just like, it was like Reddit and Twitch and, oh, yeah, and, then, and then like like half of all news sites. And like, there was just this huge swath of things that were just down for, and it wasn't that long. It was like half an hour, an hour or something. But um, but it was just one of those, like the, like the, the weird small number of points of failure that the modern internet has developed because of the centralization of the mega companies that are running it is uh, pretty Well, I mean, this is something that, because I actually, I ran into this, this, this past week. Well, first I have to say, if Google had this problem, we would be absolutely fucked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the number of things that we just, you know, casually use a Google sign in uh, to get into, Mm -hmm. or just that like. Oh, it's everything. Like like just every single thing. Uh, you know, Google authentication, Gmail, like whatever it is. Google Docs, um, where all of our stuff is. For, Google, where yeah. Crashlands 2 pitch deck is, you know, yeah. sitting in there. Yep. And I mean, like, that's a legitimate, you know, and it's the problem of like convenience versus security, right? Like, if you distribute across multiple services, then the likelihood of any one of them being problematic is, is lower, but also like they're so interlinked, like we saw with this Facebook thing, that if Google went down, 
maybe it wouldn't even like if you weren't even using Google stuff, it maybe wouldn't even matter. You'd still be fucked. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the services that you depend on depend on them, right? Um, but one thing that I saw uh, this past week is is we're working on updating some of our like heating and cooling in our house because it's very old and not environmentally you know good, mm-hmm. quite bad. And uh, we're looking at at like trying to get you know a high efficiency system that's like much 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 cheaper to run but gets much better results and that kind of thing. Um, but even the the companies that that make you know, air conditioners, heating, cooling, whatever. Um, they also have it set up so that you have to get that company's proprietary smart thermostat. <laughs> that that that, and that's the only way that you can get one of these high efficiency systems. And they claim that, like, well, there's no way to get those efficiencies without our magic smart thermostat, right? Uh, and so, so I, I was talking, I was talking to our, you know, our person, and they're like, yeah. Yeah, you know, the problem is like there's no alternative. Every company is doing this. Like every company that manufactures heating and cooling systems, they have figured out the walled garden thing, mm-hmm. right? And they are trying they're they're trying to set things up so that now for example, like let's say let's say I get the whole system, right? Heating, cooling, you know, all that stuff, uh and one piece of it breaks down. I can't go to another company and get an alternative piece to plug into the system. I, it's like, it's like printer ink, right? Like I have to now buy a replacement to like exactly from that company because it's the only thing that works with their, you know, computer brain, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and like, I, I was trying to figure out a way out of this, you know, (laughs) because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be so tethered to one company just deciding now that like, Either it's like an all or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I can't get a cheap replacement. I will have to buy something from them down the road. But there's no way. There's just no way, mm-hmm. right? So similar to the Google thing, the Facebook thing, whatever, like these companies are very smart and they're very good at, at trapping people. Well, right? And they have no incentive <laughs> to do otherwise, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is what, yeah. It's best for them to get their stuff as integrated into everything as possible and make everything dependent on them. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's well, what yeah, the and we've seen this with everything, yeah. right? Because like it's like famous or Apple's infamous for for this, right? With their like their Apple specific cables and like all this kind of stuff they do, right? Which yeah. which the claims they make are like, oh, well, it's better than the stuff that's out there, right? And sometimes there might be a little bit of truth to that, but it's never, it certainly has never been enough that it actually mattered to mm-hmm. the vast. It rarely justifies right? the triple, quadruple no, uh, there's price no tag, yeah. and uh, and like but you see this like like there was a recent European. Um, action against mm-hmm. Apple, right? That that led to the basically saying you have to start using USB C now, right? Instead of this like lightning cables or whatever. And and now the big question is is Apple going to? I was sure they'll certainly legally fight it first, no matter what. But will they do that, or will they just take literally all of the plugs off of the whole thing? Because because now that like there's nothing for somebody to regulate at that point, and now they can just like be like, oh well, we now we sell our wireless. All of our wireless yeah, devices. They use the they use the inductive charging, well, yeah. which of course is is terrible for the uh, environment because it takes so much more power mm-hmm. because so much of the energy is lost through the the charging that way. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing mm-hmm. stopping you from them just saying like, oh well, we've patented this technology, so like now nobody else can make it, right? Right. And and then even once people start to make it, you can say, oh well, there's also a chip that we put in there that makes sure that you're on a legitimate Apple device or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so. So like there's there's no end to how far that you can take this if if you want yeah, to. Yeah, but I mean I think and I think what what kind of bo- like bothers me about this is that I get it. Like yeah. I wish I didn't I wish I didn't get it, 
but I get it in the sense that that if you're a company and you're like, we're supposed to make as much money as possible. That's our whole thing. That's our jam. That's why we exist. We're a company, right? And we could either just make our devices compatible with everything, right? And mm-hmm. then people can choose whether or not to buy our stuff. And sometimes they won't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which so we'll, means we'll we compete just, on every dimension, right? So we'll yeah. Other which means we'll other accessories. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, we just lose money. Yeah. So instead, well, you could say, or oh, we could just not do that. Makes a lot of money. There's also, I mean, there's a big incentive just for you as a consumer too, because like the truth is, it is easier if you. It's easier if you are fully in one system versus doing all the straddling, right? Like yeah, everybody why makes is it easier, though, right? Slicker, yeah, yeah. Because well, because the reason it's easier is because everybody's actually making it hard to move to move yeah. elsewhere, <laughs> like on, on purpose. Because mm-hmm. yeah, and, and this is what you always see too, right? It's like if there's an underdog company in some context, you know, making proprietary stuff. Uh, competing with somebody more established, one of the ways that that underdog is going to compete is by making it easier for things to be interoperable. Yep. Right. Have your data be transferable, all that kind of stuff. That's always true because, like, they know they need to, they get, they're trying to grab onto things that are already successful. And to do that, you need cooperation. Right. But then, as soon as something gets up high enough that it now has a thing and it's got a monopoly on something, then it starts going for what's that? What's the that economics term for the vertical monopoly? Hockey, thingy, hockey stick? Are you doing? No, the one where you like own everything all the way oh, just, down. Uh, vertically just, integrated. Vertical integration. Vertically integrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you go yeah. for so then you start going for vertical integration and start taking over more and more components of the thing and making them all less and less interoperable with other stuff. You know. Yeah, but yeah, it just, it just goes to show that like and and, and you hear about this from an employee perspective, right? Which is kind of like. What's good for one group of people is is not good for the other groups of people, right? So, like, what's good for the what what the employees typically want is to like be paid a lot more and work a lot less, <laughs> right? Because like that's better. That's better. That's you know obviously that's better to get paid a lot more and work a lot less. Uh, but the company wants people to work as much as possible and pay them as little as possible because mm-hmm. that's the most profitable, right? And then same thing with the with the customers, right? The company wants the customers to have no choice mm-hmm. and to pay as much as possible and to not invest in customer support, no returns, no refunds, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, like whatever it takes to get as, as much money from the customer and interact with them as little as possible, right? And they want to make – they need to produce the goods as cheaply as possible, right? So they need to cut the cost everywhere they can related to quality control or whatever. They want, mm-hmm. they want to just make a thing the cheapest way possible, the fastest as possible, get it in somebody's hands and then never talk to them again, but count on the fact that they can still do it again because they have a monopoly. That's yeah. your best case. And, and I think, and I think what's, what's tough about it is, is because of a lot of things like um, the network effect where, for example, if you have something like Facebook that – you know, takes over the entire world because of timing, mm-hmm. frankly, right? Then, like, if you start up your social network in 2008, you're done. It's, it's too late. Yeah. You can't. You can't do it, right? Um, and so, so what's supposed to happen in a in a like what the, the theory is for what makes a capitalistic society work is competition, right? Because as a as a consumer, you vote for the things that you want with your wallet, right? But what the internet has done is just done an incredible job of creating winner-take-all scenarios Mm -hmm. where there are no choices to be made. And weirdly, you're also not spending money, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like you're trapped in a monopoly and you're not – like. You're not voting with your dollars either, right? Because like you're not spending money to be on Facebook, really, right? You're just being advertised at. Uh, yeah. So the whole the whole system is like flipped over on its head in a weird way. That's just kind of not great for just about everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
hope is a little too uh, wild right now. So we'll see. Yeah, I, would actually, see I would argue out. that it's the same as it used to be. Uh, the difference with the winner take all aspect, because that's what we've always had, especially as things have become more deregulated. Um, but it's the the sheer global scale at which you can operate and how cost effectively you can operate at like we. So we're a, we're a six person company, right? When we started, we were a three a three person company, and we you know we launched a game that's been so if you take like Crashlands and if you wrap all the pirates in there and stuff and everything right, like we've had more than ten million people download that game and talking to our servers mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and a huge fraction of them are literally on the other side of the whole fucking planet right, yep. and what did we have to do to enable that? We certainly didn't have to come up with logistics of how to ship those copies of the game to those (laughs) people. All we had to do was make the game and then- We just made the game and then hung out. And that was it. (laughs) And now it's just like everywhere, right? And like, and right now we have, you know, we have our our Rumpus network, you know, running all of our other games, right? And that thing like auto scales and can handle traffic, whatever. Like like in my in my testing before we launched Levelhead, I could handle on one on one machine, on somebody else's computer, I could handle twenty thousand concurrent users, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's set up to just automatically add more computers if if it starts to get slow, right? Yeah. Like, what did I have to do to make that happen? No, I just had to figure out how Amazon Web Services like works, right? Which was not easy, but I didn't have to go like you have go, to build go a, to like Europe a, and build a server farm. Yeah, yeah. You have to invest. Somebody you know, else invest did in that. hardware. Yeah. Right? yeah, 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 yeah. So well, yeah, yeah, I think it's just the are, scale that you can get to, yeah. and, and like when when it takes all today. What that means compared oh, to a whole winner different fucking thing. It just yeah. means something else. Because now, now you can take a Facebook, and when you say winner takes all now, you can mean literally every person on the planet has a Facebook account. Yeah. Right? Which is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. But yep. it's the same thing. It's just the inevitable consequence of coupling the internet to to things not being regulated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. All right. Well, I think we got time for one question, probably. Let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Okay. Uh, this question comes from podcast.bscotch.net. So if you want to get your question onto a future episode, go there and ask. The highest upvoted question from podcast.bscotch.net comes from Woland77, who says, I don't make games or do any programming, and I have no intention to try it. Nice. There's That's more. Spirit. There's more. There's more. Uh, is uh, That wasn't just like a- He was just anything. telling us. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea if someone did that. Although I do kind of want- you know? Yeah, I do kind of want one like that. Just letting you guys know, I hate, I don't want this. Nope. Uh, so Woland says, but I really enjoy the podcast because it's so interesting to hear people talk about their processes and problem solving. Is there a profession about which you would like to listen to a sort of inside baseball behind the scenes mm. podcast? Bridge engineers, particle physicists, nuclear waste custodians, farriers? I find any good process breakdown in basically any context or industry absolutely enthralling to listen to. You could be yeah. you could be working as uh you know you could do any any kind of job from like entertainment industry stuff to yeah engineering like all the stuff that was listed was like your sort of uh like almost like intense science stuff. But like it doesn't even need to be that. I mean even like being a line chef, you know what I mean? Like how that whole thing I don't know how the fuck that yeah. works. What's it like? What are the problems? What is it like? It's, what well, are I, the problems you run into? You know, this is like uh, to me. This is this is like what we've talked about in the past of what it means to have a good teacher, right? Or like what it, well, if you think back on some of the subjects that you got really interested in in school, it was probably actually because mm-hmm. you had a teacher who was really fucking pumped about. It. Like this is why Neil deGrasse Tyson became famous because he's just really fucking pumped 
about astrophysics. Mm-hmm. Right? And so like and he people- thinks a lot about how to convey stuff while putting himself in the other person's position in terms of like knowledge and understanding yeah. the world, which is very, very hard to do. But he literally practices yeah. in front of the mirror. Like he practices taking questions that he's seen out in the world and like composing a response while like watching himself do it and like practice like mm-hmm. he pays yeah. so much attention to that shit. Yeah, he's 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 passionate about about his field, but he's also excited about sharing that knowledge, right? And and I think no matter what it is, if if the person has that mindset, then like that just oh, is it's great. It's amazing to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It could be a podcast teacher, you know, whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. There's not, there's not one specific thing that I could point to because honestly, I don't know. I know that I could be interested in everything if, if the person talking about it also was interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had our, we had our, our cable guy out here, uh, setting up internet and like, I was like, do you mind if I just ask you a couple of questions where you want to stuff? Cause he seemed like a friendly dude and kind of into it. And so we just kind of got into, you know, what it's basically what that job entails as far as both the day-to-day and then like as he's hooking stuff up, I'm like, what is this doing? Like, what are you doing? And and like he had to go climb some trees and stuff. And I'm like, what? Do, how do you climb Why trees? Why are you doing that? What's, What's happening? going on What's in the, the trees? Fa- <laughs> it's like all this, you know, just, I don't know. I think it's, you can really find a lot of, um, there's a lot of parallels between all all kinds of work because all, all kinds of work at the end of the day do involve uh, problem solving. You know, even if it's sort of on like the task oriented scale where you're like doing kind of the same thing, but in a slightly different context, like a different house, you know, for one of these internet installations. Um, or, you know, the problems of like trying to do world building in a video game or something like that. Like they kind of all, they do boil down to a lot of the same stuff at the end of the day, but I think it's, it's hard to get there if the per, the other person doesn't participate, which is always one of the things bumping out. If I ask someone how, you know, what they do and like we talked about this a couple times in podcasts, but the whole like, oh, like I'm in accounting, like who cares? Yeah. We've talked about it because it's infuriating. Right? Well, it, it means <laughs> that because I'm like, Ugh. like I, I'm sure it's just because if there's, there's other aspects of. I mean, the corporate life is not good, generally speaking, right? So, like, it's probably it's mainly that, which is people are like, you sort of detach and dissociate so you can survive, you know, <laughs> in a lot of ways, which is a bummer because, like, it, it'd be, you know, a bummer for people like me, I guess, because I would love to hear about all the weird shit um, that you got going on. But even in that context, uh, if because like a, a corporate life is like Game of Thrones, basically, right? Where it's like... Oh, it's thrilling. It's, yeah. You got to learn the cultural rules of yeah, the... Yeah, well, and there's all these little like fiefdoms and they're all fighting for resources and, and attention yeah. and whatever, right? And, uh, and it, like that's, that's its own... That's interesting. Yeah, that's its own whole thing, right? <laughs> if you if you sort of approach it in that way. But yeah, but, but yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to for anybody to... When they're doing stuff they are bummed about for some reason, even if it's not the thing itself, right? To uh, be able to want to then tell other people about it because like, like the whole thing is too aggravating, you know? And so I, so I definitely get the absence of that, yeah. um, but it, it is a bummer. Cause then what do you, what do you, what do you talk about? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Sports. Well, anything People else. always just fall back on I mean, this is sports why fall back, right? and the weather, you know? And other, other yeah. you know, cultural center points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People don't, a lot of people don't like talking about their, their work, but there's, I mean, there's a, there's a resistance to it. Too, because I've heard I've heard people comment about how Americans, especially, always ask people, "What do you do?" Yeah, right. Like, what's your what's your job? What's your career, or whatever. But the implication is that is that that's a bad thing to ask somebody because you're asking it so you can judge them. Uh, is the way that I've often heard that like mm-hmm. talked about. Oh, the reason why people, you shouldn't ask people that. Yeah, it's like that people don't like being asked that. 
because they feel like the person is is only asking so that they can figure out hierarchically how to treat them or something like that. Mm. Right. Is that a thing people uh, do? I don't I, mean, I, I don't know. Because I just wanna I just wanna know. Like I'm interested, yeah. right? Um but but it like it just hadn't occurred to me that that uh that, that wouldn't be like a welcome conversation. Because it's like you yeah. spend so much of your time doing your Whatever your job, right? And and there's all kinds of like cool and interesting things to talk about and learn a, learn from each other, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just it never occurred to me that that somebody would take it as like as trying to figure out how to treat that person differently based mm-hmm. on their answer to the question. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> so I don't know. It's pretty tricky to navigate those kinds of things sometimes. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Yeah. So. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.